Say amen, but I believe this. You know, I already believe this. I, I understand that Jesus died for my sins and that he, he, he forgave me and He did this and that and whatever. But then we also got things like, if you do this and if you do this and if you do this, then God will bless you, which is a mixed gospel. So, um, and we think it's part of the gospel, not understanding exactly um, what, what Paul wrote and what Peter wrote and even James, uh, the, the book of James, I think is one of the most difficult books to understand um, when it comes to, to the gospel. If we want to interpret it with a typical uh, a charismatic Pentecostal way of thinking, you know, because yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And I find myself even today when I was uh, studying the thing again, the topic again, uh, that I ministered on last Sunday, I was, you know, I had to, it's like the Holy Spirit had to force my brain to start to think like a Jew so that I can understand what was written to those people. Not that I'm for, you know that I'm not for become a Jew so that God can bless you. And I, everything but that. You know, so, um, but to understand the setting in which things was written. Now, uh, if we take the word redemption, now we get redemption and salvation. The word redemption does not mean salvation. Uh, if I say to you, you've been redeemed, it doesn't mean you are saved. And if I say to you that you are saved, that is a result of understanding redemption. So, redemption believed is equals salvation. So, I want to spend uh, uh, this, this whole session on explaining what redemption uh, really is. Now, the word redeem means, uh, and I had to go into the Old Testament and study what redeem means, because if Paul comes and they say that Jesus redeemed us, now what did the people understand under redemption? What do we understand under redeem? As you say, the Afrikaans God you verloos. Okay, he has redeemed me. I had me for loss. Okay, now, the, the first thing you're going to say is, if I go up to somebody, Jesus went to the Jews. He said to them that, um, that, that they shall be set free. Then they said, but we, we aren't enslaved to anybody. What do you mean we shall be set free? So, if I tell you, you you're going to be redeemed, or you are redeemed, you must say to me, but what am I redeemed from? You know, what has God done in redeeming mankind? So, to understand redemption, I went to the Old Testament and I studied the Hebrew word for redemption. And uh, what it means is, it talks about the duties of a, a kinsman or a family member towards people um, that, that were going through hard times. That, that's what it talks about. It, uh, it, it talks about two things. Number one, redemption as pertaining to property and those type of things. And then redemption, and the, the, the second part of redemption was, and one of the duties was, and you remember the time when the uh, Sadducees came to Jesus and said to Jesus, in the resurrection, if somebody, uh, if, if a guy has got a wife and he dies, then his brother must marry that wife so that she can bear fruit in the name of, of this one. So that she can bear fruit. So she was married to someone that could not produce fruit and then she will be married to someone else so that she can produce fruit. That was part of redemption, um, according to the Bible. So let's go and have a look at that. Let's go to Leviticus 25. Leviticus 25. I, 
I hope it's Leviticus. I think it's Deuteronomy. I don't know why I think that now. Yeah, uh, Leviticus 25 from verse 25. This is just uh, one of, to explain redemption, how redemption works. And once we understand this, we're going to understand when the, the prophecy that says Jesus Christ is our Redeemer and He came to redeem us. It says, um, if your brother become poor and has sold away some of his uh, possessions, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. And if the man have none to redeem it, um, and himself be able to redeem it, then let him count the years of the sale thereof, and restore the overplus unto the man to whom he sold it, that he may return to his possession." Now, what it says here, and if you read a bit uh, earlier in Leviticus, it says that everything that uh, a Jew owned back then, um, he could never lose it, actually. Especially land. He could never lose land. Even if he sold the land. That land, um, you must have been able to repurchase the land. That was a law of their time. So, if I went bankrupt and I lost my house to the bank, and they sold the house for, say, 500000 Even if, if it was worth a million, they sold it for 500000 and now it's the banks. In 20 years, I've got money. Then I can go... It says you must do it. You must go and buy your house back. And then there was a law that says that the bank cannot refuse, or whosoever, even if he legally bought it, had to sell it to you if you can come up with the money. That is redemption. So, it was a very safe environment to basically live in. And then, if, if I uh, lost my house, or I had to sell some of my possessions, here I come, I sell my car. Uh, I don't have money, I'm in a, really struggling, I sell my car. Then your family member, then there's a, uh, that car could be redeemed. It, it could be redeemed. And after 50 years was the year of Jubilee, and then, even if you did not pay, it would be restored to you. Okay. Now, I mean, we don't live like that. <laughs> we don't live like that. And I think that's why, if you find the Israelites, even today, you know, they still want to live under that law, thinking that that land, you know, that, that certain land always belongs to them. You know, it's, it's just the way it is. Uh, uh, and, and we find that even in Africa, you can... Somebody from another country can come and he can buy land here, but after 99 years, it belongs to the country again. And that was basically the law they had there. So, a family member could come, if I would sell my car, and then a family member can come and tell the, the, the person, listen, you bought this car for 20000 you had it for that, for that long, so it maybe in a car's case, depreciated in value, so it's worth 15000 so I am paying you 15000 right now for this car, and the guy cannot say no. He must sell it. That was redeemed. That is redemption. Now, Jesus Christ came... To redeem man. He is our redeemer. So, um, if we, let's just look at, an, at, an, at another um, case of this here. Let's read on a bit from verse 25. <clears throat> on, uh, it says, verse 28. 
But if, he, if he's not able to restore it, so it says here, if you have money, you sold your stuff, after a while you've got money, now you can um, buy it again, and then you should buy it, and then go and live on that land. Now the reason why Jesus said that was not for us to tell us how we should work with our property. That is types and shadows of what he came to do in Jesus Christ for us. So when you look at that, in the New Testament, we're going to see what happened in the cross and how we have been redeemed by Jesus. Okay. Now it says, um, But if he's not able to restore it to him, then that which is sold shall remain in the hand of him that has bought it until the year of Jubilee. So if you cannot buy it back, then that other guy can legally use it until the year of Jubilee. And in the, in, in, uh, and in the year of Jubilee it shall go out, and he shall return unto his possession. And if a man sell a dwelling house in a walled city, listen to this, then he may redeem it within a whole year after it is sold. Within a full year may he redeem it. So if you sold your house inside a walled city, then you had one year wherein you could go and buy it back. And after that year, you can't buy it back. Then it will forever be the property of the guy who bought it from you. Right. <laughs> and if it shall not be redeemed within the space of a year, then the, ha- then the house that is in the walled city shall be established forever to him that bought it throughout his generations, and it shall not go out, not even in the jubilee. Now, now listen to that. Now, th- there was one year, and I think if you look at, look at this house, it speaks of what God has done in Jesus Christ. The Bible says Jesus Christ came in the fullness of time to redeem us. Before it was too late for us not to be able to be redeemed. Because Jesus Christ came and He looked at time and He said, Never will man be able to fulfill the law. So let me come and redeem them from this. And this is the time in which I can do it. Now let's quickly go to Galatians 4. Or Galatians, uh, yeah, Galatians 4. So redemption was when something that belongs to you was sold or you lost it and then you had a right to buy it back and then somebody would come and buy it back. Now, we were the possession of God that got lost in Adam. When Adam sinned, man got lost. Then Jesus Christ came to redeem us. But we need to understand what lost means. What does it mean to be lost? And, and uh, what is the effect of being lost? Right, uh, um, let's go to Galatians 4. I know this is a bit of a, 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 a line upon line teaching, but I think it's really needed, not just here, but all over the world. Uh, Galatians. Oh, this way. Galatians 4. Listen to this. Verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law. To do what? To redeem them that were under the law, that they might receive the adoption of sons. So, God said that He sent Jesus Christ to redeem those that were under the law. So, they were people that were under the law. So, being under the law was seen as in the hands of, of the, somebody else and not in the hands of the one that 
uh, or, or unredeemed. Being under the law is unredeemed, not redeemed. And mankind was under the law through Adam. Because Adam said, we will be like God by the knowledge of good and evil. So then man was placed under the law and God's property got sold out, sold by Adam. But God knew that he had the, 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 were, God had the ability to buy it back. <laughs> Hallelujah. He had the ability to buy this thing back. And then he says that Jesus Christ came as a man under the law to redeem them that were under the law. So what did Jesus Christ come to do? He came to redeem us. He came to pay the price so that He can legally go and live on the land that once belonged to Him. So who was living on the land that once belonged to Him? Um, And all of man, I believe, is the possession of God because God made man. God made us all. God made even the Satanist. He didn't make him a Satanist, but when he was conceived and he came forth as a man, the life that's in him, I believe God gives man life. So, God made all people. Then people made choices based on on, on that law system that works in them, which I've explained to you many times. So now here is sin manifesting in the lives of people. But God says that sin is living in my people. The devil is having his way in my people. But I want to live in them. I want to repossess my property. So what he does is, he comes and he says, the the one that that, that, that he's married to, I need to fulfill that law. I need to look at what is the price of this ground. So that I can pay the price of this ground. And when I pay the price, plus put something on top of that, then they can be freed from that other master, which is a hard master, which tells them to work hard, labor hard, in the sweat of their brow they shall eat their bread, Uh, um, through pain you will labor and bring forth children. And that's all types and shadows of speaking of of, of what man was in. They were under the curse. They worked very hard under the Old Testament, under the law. You had to work very hard to bring forth a little bit of fruit. It's like, um, you know, uh, uh, we we were talking about that scripture now, that we need to resist sin until... You may sonder ten bloede resist. Oh my goodness, man. How do you do that? How do you do that? You see somebody bleeding over there. You ask him, why is he bleeding? He says, no, he wants to steal, but he's resisting. <laughs> I mean, that is not the New, New Testament way. Man. That's just understanding the Scripture wrong. But that was basically, in the Old Testament, people were walking around bleeding. You know, resisting sin, but, but it was not bleeding, it was called sweat. They were sweating to bring forth a little bit of fruit. And like in the physical with women giving birth, through a lot of pain, they would bring forth fruit that would die. And that is what I've seen so many times. You come and you decide, I'm going to stop to smoke now. And I'm not going to be angry anymore. And the moment you do that, you find that, yes, it works for a, a, a six months. You, and through hard work and willpower, you got it right not to swear. And you gave birth to a new life of holiness. Just after six months to see the thing is dying. Because it was born out of willpower. It was not born of God. So here he comes, he says, I see my people living under a taskmaster, which says, by hard work, 
you will produce fruit. By hard work, you will, uh, and through a lot of pain, you will bring forth fruit. And by the sweat of your brow, you're going to eat and nourish, find nourishment and feed yourself. And it's hard work by the law all the time. And then God said that, I, that they were legally unified by that. Adam became, I believe in his mind, he became poor about who he really was. And sold mankind out unto a law system of works. And then man was legally under that system. So Jesus Christ had to come and fulfill the law. And that law demanded... Now, now there were different ransoms as well. If, if, uh, there, there was a ransom of um, a firstborn. So it, the, the, the firstborn, your, your child, uh, the firstborn, when he was born, you had to go and sacrifice a lamb as a ransom for him, to, to, to set him free. So there was also not just a ransom of paying money, but a ransom of death of a lamb. So, and the reason why it was a death of the lamb be- was because it speaks of Christ, which the only payment for the system we were under was not a money payment, but a, a life payment, a blood payment. So, here was man under the law system, and the only way for man to be redeemed from that law was if somebody could die. So, he said, I want all my people to be set free from the law. Now, did it, was your faith needed for you, uh, uh, was your faith needed in the system that the law came over all of man? No. Your faith was not needed. The faith of Adam was all that was needed to bring forth man under a law system. So there was man. They, they were just born that way, you know. They were born under the law. That was the way it was. And then Jesus Christ came and He redeemed man. By what? By giving His blood. So, uh, um, and I remember tonight I'm talking about redemption, which was by the, brought forth by the faith of Jesus Christ. And tomorrow, uh, uh, next Sunday, I'm going to talk about salvation, which is received by your faith. So you cannot be saved without faith. So please don't mistake these things. Salvation and redemption is not the same thing. So if I talk about redemption, I'm talking about what man, what God did to get man free from the law system. Now, before Jesus came, was every person under the law? Yes. Could you go to somebody when a baby is born, when he's 10 years of age, declare to him, listen, you're under the law. Yes, you could. Why? Because it was true. Since when was it true? Since thousands of years because of what Adam has done. The truth about them was declared and said, listen, you are under the law. You are married to a law system by which you will bear fruit and have eternal life. And the whole system was that if you do the things of the law, then by the law you shall live. So they were chasing after an eternal life, never to die. Saying, I'm going to obey the law, I'm going to receive the Holy Spirit, and I will live forevermore. And they were obeying, trying all the rules and regulations, which were actually types and shadows of the real thing to come. They were tithing, thinking if they tithe, they're going to be blessed by God. Where it all spoke about Jesus, which was the payment so that we can be blessed. 
Amen. It spoke about all those things. So, so he, he, here's man under the law. Jesus Christ says, that the Bible says in Galatians 4, let's read it again, but when the fullness of time was come, verse 4, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So He came to redeem them that were under the law. So you are under the law. What are we redeemed from? We are redeemed from the law and its consequences. That's what, it, what we've been redeemed from. Now, remember what I said about the woman that was, if her husband should die, then she should be married to another. Now, if you go and read that in, in Deuteronomy, you will, you, or in Leviticus, you're going to be so blessed. You know what they say? They say, if a woman was married to a guy and he dies then that guy's brother must marry her. And then she will have children from this guy. And then if he doesn't want to marry her, if he says, I'm not going to marry her, you know what she had to do? She had to go to the elders and report him. Then they would bring him. And then she would take a one shoe and loosen it and give it to him. And spit in his face. Spit in his face. And say, he was not willing to see that I can bring forth fruit. And he would be known by all men, all people, as the man with the loose shoe. <laughs> That's what the Bible says. So, if she was married already. If he was already married. Then he'll have another wife. He's going to have more than one wife. And he'll marry her. So I'm, I'm not teaching on marriage now. <laughs> Don't smile, brother. <laughs> so he was already married. Then he had to marry another so that she can bear forth fruit. And the thing was so strong that if he would die, then another brother or of a familylet, a man, must go and marry her and make sure that she brings forth fruit. Now we come to Romans chapter 7. Let's just read Romans chapter 7. One of my favorite scriptures. Verse 1. So here it says, if, if, if our husband, so Jesus Christ comes and, and he redeems us from out under the law. How did He redeem us? We're going to read it now in Romans 7 verse 1. By dying the law man. And I will explain that again for those of you that are new here. But by dying off the law man. So that we might now be married to Him and bring forth much fruit. And there's no way where He will say, I will not marry you and I will not see that you bring forth fruit. If he says, I will not marry you and bring forth fruit in your life, you can spit in his face. Imagine. That's how sure the gospel is that God will live in you and will not be by your works to be righteous before God, but that God will bear fruit in you. Now, we're not talking tonight about the marriage part where we marry Christ. We just talk, that's the salvation part. We're talking about the redemption part. Right, Romans 7 verse 1. Are you guys confused now? Right. 
7 verse 1. Know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as what he lives. For a woman which has an husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if the husband has died, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Isn't that powerful, man? <laughs> my goodness. This is the gospel. So, Jesus Christ came. He redeemed us from the law system. So, what do we do today? We go according to Isaiah 40. And we declare the word of redemption. That mankind has been redeemed from the law. We don't tell people, listen, you know, the law, you are, from God's side, you are actually under the law now. And when you believe, then you'll be redeemed. No, no. We preach and say, you are redeemed so that you can believe so, and be saved. Because a redeemed person is not a saved person. Because if, if the husband, if, if, if the guy comes and he says, well, I redeem, it's, it's like a piece of land. If you redeem a piece of land, it doesn't mean that land is bearing fruit. The land and the man must be unified, and out of that unity they'll be for, bring forth fruit. That's what it says. He says, if you go and read uh, Leviticus 25, it says, you must redeem the land, you must pay the redemption price, he says, and then you must go and live on that land. Why? Because when you go and work that land, then that land will bring forth fruit. In the same way, when Jesus redeemed all of mankind, now man is in a place that God can come and live in man. And how does He live in us? We call upon His name. And He comes um, into us and He bears His fruit in us. In the very same way in, uh, in Romans 7, He says, this woman, when... When her husband died, she was a widow. Now it says, we became dead to the law through the body of Christ. It means when Jesus died, the connection between the whole human race and the law system unto righteousness, that law system unto righteousness as a husband, has already died. And the good news that we preach is to people. This is what we declare to people. We tell them, you are not under the law anymore. You have been redeemed. And now, using wrong terminology to explain something, you are saved from being saved by a law. You are saved from being blessed by your works. We, we always think God has only saved us from our sins or redeemed us from our sins. Yes, that's one thing. But the greatest thing we've been redeemed from is the system of performance. That is the great redemption. That is the thing that, that cost God His life, the life of His Son. To redeem man from the system of the law. Then He raised His Son up into newness of life, so that we can be intimate with the resurrected Jesus, so that the resurrected life of Christ, through intimacy with Him, which is belief, 
can bring forth the fruit of God in our life. Because married to the law system, the law was bringing forth fruit in our life. Redemption, uh, 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 let's go to First Peter chapter 1. Now, before I read that, I want to just say what I want to say. <laughs> if the reason why I minister on this is that we can understand the simplicity of the gospel. Because I've never had somebody sit me down and explain to me redemption. I wish I had that in Bible school. My life would have been so much easier. I wish somebody could say to me, Bertie, you have already been redeemed. That's the good news. You see, we cannot believe in something that's not already true. We must believe in something that is true. God came and gave His Son so that we could be redeemed from the law and then believe on Him to enter the promised land which is immortality in the return of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the Old Testament types and shadows. There was the Israelites. They were redeemed from Egypt. Through the blood of Jesus. And where did they find themselves? After redemption. In the desert. Okay? To then believe. And enter into the promised land. So what, what, did we have, what do we have to believe? We have to believe that we have been redeemed. And that there is a promise of eternal life. The promise of, the, of, of a believer. There is immortality and eternal life awaiting us free from our works. And the God that was so good to redeem us from the law. And that had the power to redeem us. Has got the power to save us from the ability to die. And even have immortality when Jesus comes. And, let me explain salvation a bit there. He had the power to redeem us from the law. And then, He's got the power to save you from what is destroying your life today. So that redemption and salvation is of the Lord. But the Bible says in Jude clearly, that with whom was God upset but with them that did not believe and has already been redeemed. So, they, so <clears throat> please hear me, if I say that all of mankind has been redeemed, I'm not saying that all of mankind is saved or will be saved. I'm just saying all of man is already redeemed. We, listen, you, the, 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 uh, the, the law of Moses has been fulfilled to the point that there's not even a temple anymore. No Jew on the planet can even obey the, the, the whole law. There's not one. Where, where are you going to sacrifice your animal? What, what altar are you going to put the, the meat on? What Levite are you going to go to? It's not even there anymore. <laughs> it has been destroyed completely. We've got the, 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 the spiritual word of the fulfillment of the law with the manifestation in the truth seeing the temple being destroyed. Where Jesus said, He said, destroy this temple. And in three days I will rebuild it. And today, just, just a little bit of a touch, people are waiting for the new temple to be built in Jerusalem. Where Jesus said, I'll build it in three days. The new temple has been built long ago. We're waiting for a temple to be built in Jerusalem. It has been built. He says, Jesus said, break this down. Now, has that temple been broken down? He says, yes. 
He says, I will rebuild it in three days. Talking about his body. Hallelujah. So, so that temple was representing him. He broke it down and rebuilt it. And then there was a war, 70 AD, where the physical temple was destroyed. And we want to use the scripture where Jesus says that he will rebuild his temple and use it towards physical... Uh, man, my, my goodness. We, we, we're going to be so confused. I want to tell you the truth. Jesus has redeemed all of mankind from the law system. So that people out there that has not believed stand as widows before God to be married. And we don't have a Savior where we can have to spit in His face that He says, she does not qualify, I don't want to marry her. Because the redemption work that He's done, we are qualified and He wants to be one with us. So we don't come with a law, on a law basis towards, uh, towards God. And if land was redeemed from out under the rulership of somebody else, and you come and live on that land, if we were under, if there was another master working this land, which was the lawman, or let me put it this way, Satan worked in our hearts, sin worked in our lives through the law system, worked this field, and God redeemed us, let me tell you something, Satan is not employed by God. Satan is not a subcontractor for God. And now God says, well, now I come and I live on the land, but I still use Satan's system of condemnation to judge and rule you on this field. No, no. That other person doesn't have any legal right on that property anymore. Because it has been redeemed. And that is the message of redemption that we preach. Hallelujah. So that people can believe in the redemption that happened 2,000 years ago. God's not going to redeem you. There are two scriptures, uh, two or three that talks about redemption to come, but uh, I'll have to explain in depth what it means there. But the word redemption talks about what has happened. The word of salvation, the word salvation talks about what is happening and what will happen. So we have been redeemed. I want to tell you, everybody here has been redeemed. Everybody living in this complex here has been redeemed. Redeemed from what? Redeemed from being saved by the law. They've been redeemed. A price has been paid. Ending a certain system in their life. Right. Let's go to First Peter 1 verse 18. It says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain, listen to this, your vain conversation received by traditions from your fathers. Now, now these, these seem like big words, but please listen to me. It says, for, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold for your, from your vain conversation received by the traditions of your fathers. So they had a vain conversation. What is a vain conversation? It, whenever you read in the New Testament, it talks about conversation. It doesn't talk about what you speak. It talks about the way you live. Okay? So, the, the, the way in which you conduct your life. They said that they had, they were redeemed from an empty way of living which came through the traditions of their fathers which was the law system. 
So here he says that God came and redeemed all of man from an empty life that finds its origin in an empty system of law. But the problem is that people don't know and believe in this redemption. Now, even if the redemption is true, salvation cannot come to their life from the bondage they are in. Amen. You know, the, the other day, I, I, sometimes when it comes with, uh, you know, counseling people in relationships, uh, uh, especially uh, unmarried people, you find that they don't follow your advice. <laughs> this, what, this one girl, she's in grace, and, and then she started to go out with a girl, oh, with, with a girl, with a boy. That also happens. Um, with, with this boy, but he's in the law. It says, and she was so free, she started to listen to my stuff on Facebook and on, uh, on the internet, and she was so free and liberated and everything, and after six months or whatever, she got into the relationship with this guy. And this guy is in the law. He says, and she has been fighting every day with him. Just fighting. Yeah. Law, 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 law. Fighting, 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 fighting. So she said to me, Bertie, what do you think? I said, well, you've shared grace with him. Ask him if he wants to believe it or not. He said, no. I said, then you leave him. This is very simple. And she did it. <laughs> That's a miracle. <laughs> she did it. She, she believed the truth. You know what she believed? She, and this is what she wrote. She wrote me a, a letter today. She said that I realized that I have been redeemed from I must have a man. When she believed in her redemption, she was saved from the destruction that was coming her way through that God. Isn't that awesome? So she first had to see that she has been redeemed. Unless you believe that you have been set free from a system, you will never be set free in this life. We have been set free from the law system. Now, um, let me explain this also just for, I know a lot of you know this, but just for the, for the video's purpose. When you're under the law, Paul says that sin works in me. So there's a law that says, I must do this and this and this. You shall not desire. Romans chapter 7. Paul said, then I went under that law and said, okay, I shall not desire. He says, then I found that this law that I thought would be unto life was unto death and brought forth all manner of desire in me. So, he, he realized that there was a system, a law system, which still exists today. It still exists. There will come a time when it will not exist anymore. And that will be in the return of Jesus Christ. But, uh, I don't want to get too technical about that. But there's a system, you can live under the law if you want to. It would be actually called adultery. Because you, you are to be married to Jesus. And even now, many of us, we have started to believe in Christ. And now we go back to the old system. Paul calls it uh, like a dog going back to his vomit. Now, he, he has done it himself. 
You know, and then, then he got this revelation. He says, I went back to the law system. When I went back to the law, Romans 7 verse 9, all manner of sin worked in me. For sin uses the law to bring forth its power in my life. But now Jesus, so, so we were bound to bear the fruit of condemnation, death, destruction and sin. Because we were under a master that in unity with Him, that's what He brings forth in our life. Now, we are redeemed from Him. There was, there was a price that had to be paid to that other master. That law of that other master had to be fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled it and redeemed you. And the whole world. He redeemed them. But they are working for that master as if that master is still their master. That master is not their master anymore. Now, let me explain to you this way. Say, this is a piece of land. I buy this piece of land. This is mine. But this, the master here was called law. Okay? Now, now this master, in the, uh, the, the dif- there's different definitions in the Old Testament explaining uh, this thing. Now, let's use a definition of uh, redeeming ground. When, when I go and I pay this guy money, the moment I pay him, then the land is mine, the guy is still alive. He's just farming some other fields now. Or maybe he doesn't even have any field anymore, but he's still alive. So I can now go and farm here. Now, if this piece of land believes that I am not its master, but the old master is still the master, it will only obey the old master and bring forth its fruit. Like I, I said in the, I don't know if I said it here last Sunday, it's like a dog. You know, if you, if you own a dog, or, or if, if, I, if I sell dogs, puppies, and then I, I sold the puppy to somebody, and I come after six months and I see, but these people are really ill-treating this dog, doesn't have food, they, it's bound to a short chain, whatever, there to a tree, and they never love the dog, nothing. You know? I say, oh my goodness, this dog's going to die. Let me buy the dog back. So now, I must say, okay, he paid 500 rand for the dog, so I've got to pay now, maybe it's worth 800 or whatever it's worth. I pay the, the, the man the money. And then I have redeemed the dog. So when I've paid, I've redeemed the dog. But the dog is still chained to the tree. Okay, but now I come to loosen him from the tree. Now he wants to bite me. Because he doesn't know I'm the owner. He wants to bite me. But if that dog can see my love for it, the dog will not bite me. He'll come with me and be set free. And that's what happened to man. The ransom, that's another word for, uh, uh, for, for, red, for redemption, is, is, is a, a ransom that's paid. You, you've seen that movie, The Ransom. You, you pay something... And somebody gets set free. They want something and he will be, they will let him go. That was paid by Jesus. And the law system has let go of man. But it is the faith of man in the old system that is killing them. And the, the reason why they believe that is because of ignorance and wrong teaching. Telling people that you are what you do. You are what you, you, you are. You, you are blessed if you give. You will be this when you, 
and having all very highly intellectual, difficult explanations of trying to mingle the law system. Listen, when you, when you want to explain a law-grace mixture, you must use a lot of hype. You must use a lot of emotionalism to do it. It's the same as uh, 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 breaking your marriage vows. There must be a lot of emotions going on in your heart. Mixed between hurt and joy and whatever, before you'll be able to make a decision to leave your partner. And, and, and that's what happens so many, much, so many times in church. And you go and listen to the reasoning of somebody that's going to leave his wife or husband. You will see that they, they've got many very difficult to understand things. That, that is the way it is. Now, I'm not condemning anybody here if you've been divorced or maybe in the past you've cheated on your wife or husband or whatever. That, that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about church and what is preached to get a mixed doctrine into the church. It's a lot of emotionalism. And I'm not saying we are not allowed to experience the love of God. I want to tell you, God's love starts to bear fruit when we experience it. It's very important. But a lot of intellectualism making it very difficult to understand and believe. I want to tell you, man, God has redeemed you. You are redeemed from the law. You don't have to believe in it. The only way it will bear fruit in your life is through your belief in that system. But when you can believe, I've been redeemed. You will find unity between you and Christ and Him bearing His fruit in your life called salvation. So we have been redeemed. This is what He says here. Listen, let me read verse 17 again. Uh, uh, 1 Peter 1.17 oh, Sorry, verse 18. For as much as you know that that you were redeemed with corruptible, not with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation uh, um, received by traditions of the Father, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So what was their understanding of redemption here? That there was a condemnation over them, but if the lamb was slain, they were redeemed. It was like a, a, a son that had to uh, it was like a donkey. If a donkey gets born in the Old Testament and it was the first one, the one that opened the womb, that one, you had to break its neck and kill it in the Old Testament. Unless you s- s- uh, kill a lamb that was blameless for it, then it will be redeemed unto life. Then you can use it. In the same way, there was a lamb. What did the Jew understand when he said, when Peter wrote and said, there was a lamb given for your ransom? They understood, I don't have to die. I am now free and I can now live and be used of God. That's what they understood. What I want you to know and understand is, I declare to you that you have been redeemed already. You have been set free already. Hallelujah. You can have the thing in mind now that my neck had to be broken, but no more. For a lamb has been as, as, ran, paid as a ransom for me. I have been redeemed. 
And that's the good news that we can preach from, from the platforms of this planet and speak to people going to the bush of Africa, going to the person that sits next to you at your, at your job or across the table there. Man, you can declare to them, you have been redeemed. Amen. Hallelujah. The problem that has come that I see now, and I believe it's, it, it, it's a plan of the devil, is the, 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 there's a doctrine that says all of man is saved. But that is just a wrong understanding of redemption and salvation. Because all of man has been redeemed. But if you confuse the word redemption with salvation, you will say no faith is needed to be saved. Because it clearly says that we've all been redeemed. But you didn't need faith to be redeemed. God needed faith. Jesus needed faith to redeem you. And He came walking with a belief that if, if this Lamb is slain, then those people will be redeemed. And now we preach this message that God has already reconciled the whole world unto Himself so that they can believe it and then from their side be reconciled and be saved. Amen. But now, with this ultimate salvation message, or what is called uh, uh, is it, um, un- universalism, yeah, we cannot even say that the world has been redeemed. Because then you're categorized now. You know, and I'm talking as a preacher. As a preacher, you know, there are nations that will just close up for you if you say that God has redeemed the human race from being saved by the law. No, I don't care. That is the truth. And I'll preach that truth. Because that's the good news for every man. And that's the good news that we need to preach to people. You can go to somebody and say to him, you've been redeemed from paying your tithe to be blessed by God. That's the good news. You've been redeemed from being circumcised to be part of God's people. You've been redeemed from obeying all the law to have life before God one day. You've been redeemed from that system. There's a different system. It's called the system of faith, belief. Can you believe that God has done this? If you can believe that He has done this, you will receive the Holy Spirit. And you will be made new out of your union and your intimacy with Christ. And a new life will be formed in you. By the power of heaven. (laughs) Hallelujah. By the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful? So it's not you trying to live holy. It is God living in you. When you were under the law, it was not you trying to sin. It was sin living in you. When you're under grace, it's not you trying to live like God. It's God living in you. Amen. You're just the ground, the soil, wherein the seed is planted and comes forth. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? No, but that is too good to be true. It's so good that it is true. It's so good that it's true. If it's not this good, it's not true. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's read another one there. I just want to see what's in verse 19. Um... 
Let's go to Colossians. 1 verse 14. Colossians 1 verse 14. This is a very wonderful thing. And um, I I want you to to understand this. It says in verse 13. Talks about Jesus, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood. Then it says there in italics, even the forgiveness of sins. Now, that word even there uh, is not in the original language, but the translators added it so that we can understand that what it's actually saying. So, what he says here is that the redemption is forgiveness of sins. Listen to this. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. So, redemption through the blood is forgiveness of sins. Remember what I said to you, that forgiveness, the word forgive means to be separated from. Or to be divorced. So, we have been forgiven by being separated from the law system. Okay, so we've been redeemed by the blood. How has He redeemed us? Let's go to Colossians 2 verse 14. Verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and your uncircumcision of your flesh, has He quickened together with Him, having forgiven you all trespasses. How did He do that? By blotting out the handwriting of laws or ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us. And he took it out of the way by nailing it to the cross. So, (laughs) we were redeemed by the law system being nailed to the cross. And when that lamb was slain, forgiveness can be declared over all of man. When they believe it, they will experience the forgiveness that is already true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And their sins in their minds will be washed away. The condemnation that man, mankind stands in today is not the wrong thing they've done, but it is the wrong thing you believe. By rejecting Christ, that's why man is not saved. We cannot say by rejecting Christ, that's not why man is redeemed. He, man has already been redeemed. God's not going to come and die on the cross the moment you believe it. No. He has already died. When we believe, believe what? That He has already died. And what it implies, what does it imply? That He has already fulfilled the law. That as pertaining to the law, I'm not saying pertaining to Christ and belief in Jesus, because many people are guilty when it comes to belief in Jesus for they are rejecting Christ. And that is unto eternal condemnation. But as pertaining to the law, the law has been fulfilled. How can, we, how can sin be imputed if there's no law? So now, that's what the Bible clearly says in Romans. Sin cannot be imputed where there's no law. So the law has been taken away so that sin cannot be imputed to me. And we declare forgiveness of sins as pertaining to the law system for we have been redeemed. When they believe that, then God can only now 
start to bear fruit in them. And I want to make this declaration. Before people believe that, it is not God bearing fruit in them. It is that field where the Bible says, some of the seed was sown amongst the weeds. You see the fruit of God, but you also see the fruit of the, 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 the weeds, which is thorns and thistles. talks about the law system also bearing fruit. You know, you see the plant coming, here's, here's a God plant and here's a law plant. Resulting to the point that the God plant cannot bear fruit, for that old system is choking the life out of the God plant. So that's why we need to get all these other things out of our life and make our hearts give the best soil of our life for this gospel. And that soil there talks about understanding. You go study Matthew 13. Give your best understanding to the gospel of grace. That we can understand this thing so that God can bear His fruit in us. Amen. Remember what I said last time? That uh, we, we might think that God's only vision with us is that we must bear fruit. Now, I, if I go to America for five months and I come back and my wife tells me that she's two months pregnant. You know? I say, my goodness. This is not good. And she says, but my, my husband, we had a vision to bear fruit. You know, and now I'm bearing fruit. No, no, the vision is not to bear fruit. The vision is that she will bear my fruit. And so is God's vision not for you just to bear fruit. That's not God's vision. God's vision is not for you to live a holy life. God's vision is for holiness to spring forth in you as a result of His seed in you, which is the gospel of grace. If that is not so, I want to tell you now that the children you bring forth is not to the glory of God, but to the glory of your adultery. I was thinking this afternoon again. You know, it's, it's, it's like um, we've been redeemed from the system that says, by your works you will produce. And I've said it here before, and, and it talk about buildings and all these things we do for God, and big stages and all that. And I'm for that. Hallelujah. If, if there's a lot of people who want to gather in a place, you need a big building. If we want to preach to, to 50,000 people, man, you can't do it from a, from a stage like this. It's not going to work. When I go to Tanzania and to, to Kenya now, I mean, you, you stand on massive stages with lights and generators and cost hundreds of thousands of rands to get the thing going and to do it, to get all those artists and the whole thing. Money is there. But if that comes from manipulating people, where you function not from redemption, but from slavery, the children is children of slavery but not children of God. And it doesn't matter how big the building is, if it, was, if, if it was received in the name of condemnation and in the name of, if you do this, then God will do that for you. I want to tell you, it's to the honor of your fornication. Sleeping with the law. God wants His fruit in us. That's why, let's be clear on this gospel that He can live in us. For He loves us, man. He loves us so much that He gave His Son. Let's go to um, Romans 5. I'm going to end off with this. Romans 5, 9. There's many scriptures that I've just skipped. (laughs) 
we have been redeemed. Right. Now, atonement was, atonement was something that was paid for sin. Atonement was made so that people can be free. So, atonement also speaks of redemption. Okay. Right. It says in verse 9, no, verse 8, But God commanded or, or commendeth, that word commendeth means He showed or portrayed His love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So when, when did Christ die for us? While you were a sinner. What did His death mean? It meant redemption, it meant redemption from the law system. So when were you redeemed from the law? While you were a sinner. When do you start to live free from the law system? When you believe that you've been redeemed. Amen. Right. Verse 9, much more than being now justified by His blood. Now, that, that word justified there is um, living by faith in what has happened. That, that will take a session to explain, but let, right? Verse 9, much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. For if, when you were sinners, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, when, when were we reconciled to God? When you were a sinner. When you were a sinner, you were already reconciled to God. Why? Because you've been redeemed. You have been redeemed. While you were a sinner, you were already redeemed. You were not saved, but you were redeemed and reconciled. God said, I mean, it, it was like a, a husband and wife, they separated from each other. The one, say, the, the one tells the lawyer, please write the, uh, the, the, my ex-wife's wife a letter. Tell her that... I, that I forgive her. I forgive her completely. There's nothing in my heart against her. Then what happens is, He has already reconciled from His side with her. When she believes in this reconciliation, she can now respond to the reconciliation that comes from Him. When she responds to that reconciliation, then both of them will be reconciled from both sides. And that's the gospel we preach. The gospel we preach is that there is a wrath to come for those that, for the devil and his angels. But God has already reconciled the whole world unto himself. How? By, while they were sinners, redeeming them from the law system. So that they can now be free to be married to God. So from my side, I've done it all, God says. But how do you respond to this? You need to respond. Amen. Without responding, it, it, it cannot work. So it says, verse 10, For if when we were sinners, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, in other words, having believed then, we shall be saved by His life. So He came while we were sinners. He did this for us. He reconciled us. Let's, let's read one more. Romans 6 verse 1. 
Now this is going to stretch your brain a bit. We end off with this. It says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now when did you die to sin? 2,000 years ago did Jesus die the death of mankind towards sin. When you can believe in that, then you will find you will be saved from the power of sin in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Know you not, now listen to this, that so many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should, uh, should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Now there's different baptisms in the Bible. You get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire, the, the, the baptism of water and the baptism into Christ. The baptism into Christ is when mankind was represented by Jesus. And when He died, we were baptized with Him into His death. Where He died as a man unto the law. Now He says, if we, the people were living in sin, then they were declared unto them, you are free from the law now, and that your husband, the law system, which was wor- which were working sin in your life, has died. You don't have to be justified by the law anymore. When they believed, then sin ceased to manifest in their life and they were saved from the power of sin in their life. Why? Because they were baptized into the death of Christ when Jesus died on behalf of man. But now, when we believe, we know that the power of His resurrection, that we will see that new life the way Jesus lives, by the power Jesus lives, manifesting in our lives, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was raised up by the Holy Spirit. So now we will not be raised up into news of life by our own efforts, but by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when we are baptized in water, what do we say? We are baptized with the baptism of Jesus Christ. We are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It also says in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. But I also like where it says in the name of Jesus. What, what does Jesus say? It says, it's the word salvation. In the name of salvation. In the character of salvation are we baptized. Saying what? Saying. We go under, we put people under the water. Why? Identifying with the fact that Jesus died our death for us. And that we have been redeemed. And then we say, when we come up out of the water, I believe that I will be in this life, be renewed and raised up with Him in this life in newness of character. And I will be raised from the dead if I should die before Jesus comes back. But when He comes back, I'll be raised up. Hallelujah. I'll be saved. I will declare to you, you can go and tell your friends they have been redeemed. It will make it easier for them to believe. Now, if you come to them and you tell them, you've been redeemed, they will say you're a heretic. Tell them, you've been saved from being saved by the law. They'll understand that. And explain to them. Eh? And before that, believe it for yourself. <laughs> Hallelujah. And just let that have its life inside you. 
You were valuable enough to God that God gave His Son so that you can be redeemed. The reason why He gave His Son was the value of the land was determined and then what the land was worth was paid. That's why He gave His Son. He couldn't give anything else. That was the value of the land. For inside that land there's a treasure. You are the treasure hidden in that field. Amen. Amen. You remember that the, the thing I told about the sowing field? Afrikaans say there's a scot in a sailand weggesteekt. A sailand is a land that's worked where, where, you, where you farm. There was a treasure inside the field that's being worked and farmed. The treasure was not the crop it produced. There was something else that was a treasure. The treasure is not what you are producing for God today. You are the treasure. The field will bring forth fruit. Yes, I don't say it will not bring forth fruit. But don't make fruit your treasure. You are the treasure. God is our treasure. We are God's treasure. He's obsessed with man. He loves us. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's close our eyes. Father, I want to thank you that you love us so much. I want to thank you that you care for everyone that is here and a clear understanding will be everybody's portion tonight. I thank you, Lord, as people go home and as we chat and fellowship and drink coffee and whatever, that this conversation will just be so fresh in our hearts and in our mouths. For there's nothing like the message of your redemption and salvation. Salvation has appeared unto all men. The message of how man can be saved. Because we have been redeemed, we can be saved now. I thank you for that, my God. Before redemption was accomplished, people could never be saved. I thank you, Lord, that people can be saved. Lord, also for everybody that's listening over the internet or television, I thank you, my God, that as they sit there in their houses, in front of their computers, or listening, it, listening to it over the telephone, their phones, I thank you, Lord, that they are touched by the power of your Holy Spirit right now, in the mighty name of Jesus. I declare every one of them free from the law, so that God can bear fruit in them. I thank you, Lord, that they will not be lukewarm, but they will be warm in this gospel of grace. And everyone that is cold, that doesn't even has never heard this gospel, I thank you, Lord, this good news will, will get to them, that people will not be ashamed to forward links, they will not be ashamed to distribute CDs and get this gospel to, to their friends. I thank you, Lord, that this message, just, this, this message of love just overflows in everybody's heart. For we've got good news that is true about every man and there is a salvation available for every man should he believe, if he can just believe it. Thank you, Lord. Your word clearly states that, that you gave your Son that whosoever believes and receives Him might be saved. And thank you, Lord, that you gave your Son. You gave redemption so that whosoever believes can be saved. Thank you for that, my God. Thank that we can preach this and that can be clearly understood by people in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that every person has been represented in the cross of Jesus 
and that Christ can come and live in every man as they believe upon you. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen.